from NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They're backstage looking for the hidden immunity idol, but only one will be our big winner. And our special guest today is the multi-talented Lena Hall. She played both of the major roles in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, both Hedwig and Yitzhak. That's amazing. That's like playing the fiddler and the roof, <laughs> or like Mama and Mia or God and Spell. Our first two contestants will play a game where singers stop being musical and start being real. Real pretentious. Let's meet them. First up, Adrian Bruni on buzzer number one. You write reports for the UN. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Megan Ballback on buzzer number two. You're a high school art teacher. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Adrian and Megan, the first of you who wins two of our games, will go on to our final round. Let's start with a trivia game called The Spoken Word. Jonathan and I will read spoken word sections associated with famous pop songs. You just have to ring in and identify the song or artist, or both, if you feel like showing off. Here we go. I'm sorry the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. Megan. Taylor Swift? Yeah, that one was pretty easy, wasn't it? Yeah, well done. Before you go, there's something I want you to have. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought that old lady dropped it in the ocean at the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. (laughs) Megan. Uh, Britney Spears? Yeah, very good. Impressive. Oops, I did it again. I was not familiar with that, but you you remember it. I watched TRL back in the day, so yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me, so I went running for answers. Adrian. Kanye West. I'm sorry, that is a good guess, but incorrect. Megan, can you steal? I am going to guess uh, Common. Also a good guess, but also incorrect. We were looking for Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the name of the song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. It's a dramatic reading. (laughs) Adrian. Kanye West. Sorry? It is still not Kanye West. (laughs) Megan, do you know the answer? Sir Mix-a-Lot. It is Sir Mix-a-Lot. That's right. Baby got that. Hey, brah. How we doing, man? All right. It's been a while, man. Life's so rad. This band is my favorite, man. Don't you love them? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man, do you want a beer? All right. Oh, man, this is the best, man. I'm so glad we're back together and stuff. This is great, man. Yeah. Hey, did you know about the party after the show? Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be the best. I'm so stoked. Take it easy, brah. <laughs> Megan. Weezer? That is correct. <laughs> Weezer Undone, the sweater song. Those voices, actually, in uh, Weezer's rendition uh, are the original bassist and their favorite roadie. Hmm. This comes from the music video version of the song. Ashes to ashes, dust to side chicks. Megan. Beyonce? Yeah. 
Beyonce. The song is Sorry, but we all know. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? Uh Uh-huh, sure. You know, you look kind of familiar. Yeah, you do too, but um, I just wanted to know, do you know somebody named... (laughs) You know his name. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know his name. I just want to let you know that he's mine. (laughs) No, no, he's mine. Megan. Uh, Monica and Brandy, the boy is mine. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) TRL is paying off for you, (laughs) Megan. I'm getting killed. (laughs) There's lots of games. Don't worry about it, Adrian. Lots of games. This is your last clue. Ladies with an attitude. Fellows that were in the mood. Don't just stand there. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. Megan. Um, Madonna? Madonna is correct. That's from Vogue, yeah. Do you remember that video? Both of you? Either of you? Yeah. Oh, Megan <laughs> is actually voguing. So, yes. That was directed by David Fincher, huh. that uh, not well-known director at the time that went on to do such wild small films as The Social Network and Gone Girl. It's kind of, <laughs> some, indie, some indie films. Some indie yeah. films yeah. that nobody saw. Puzzle Guru Art Chung, how did our contestants do? Nice job, Megan. You're one step closer to the final round. Next, it's an audio quiz about fictional public radio shows and podcasts, soon to be a new ABC series starring Zach Braff. Let's check in with our contestants. Adrian, guess what? We, we have done something very similar in our lives. You collect snow globes? Oh, yeah, I do. Yes. I, I used to collect snow globes. Oh, you gave it up? Why? I, I closed the collection. <laughs> oh, how disappointing for you. Yeah. I, I, I reached too many. How many do you have total? Oh, God. Probably 35 good ones. 30, and then, what, 25 just crap mm, ones? 21. No, maybe about, like, five I, I could do away with, yeah. <laughs> but my friends bring them back for me from this their travels. This is what happens. Yeah, so I have to go now to wherever they've gone to, to make the snow globe le- legit. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's not legit. Right, yeah. so you, you're just like, I'll, I'll have this until I go there in this different pile. Right, right, yes. Okay, so, so what's your favorite? I have to go to Armenia. That's next? Uh, one of these years, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Megan, you're a high school art teacher. Are there any future Picassos or Monets in the bunch? Yeah, it's really exciting because a lot of the time I hear, uh, I can't draw, and I'm like, that's okay, this is ceramics, so you don't have to. (laughs) So they surprise themselves sometimes by what they can do. That's fantastic. Oh, Adrian, what's the most public radio thing about you? Well, I don't have tote bags, or I do, but they're squirreled away. Uh, I drink tea out of a, a reusable stainless steel mug thing. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Monster. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, Megan, what's the most public radio thing about you? Well, every now and then I really enjoy uh, David Sedaris telling me a short story. <laughs> 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 Just kind of softly and gently. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is an audio quiz called National Parody Radio. We're going to play a clip from a fake podcast or public radio show. You ring in and identify the television show it came from. Megan, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're off to the final round. Adrian, you need to win this, or you have to listen to the beginning of Mark Marin's podcast where he talks about his own problems. 
<laughs> Here we go. Uh, first up, a classic. Tomorrow is the first Sunday in May, and it's one of our favorite holidays on Delicious Dish. That's right, Margaret Jo. Every year for one day, we celebrate and say thank you to dietary, dietary fiber. fiber. Adrian. Saturday Night Live. You got it. That is correct. Feels good, right? You could hear the sweater vests, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I could. Yeah. Next, this show ran for five seasons on NBC and a sixth season on Yahoo. We interrupt your death metal to bring you some heavy news. All the good Christians got raptured up to heaven, so if you're hearing this, the good news is you're the coolest people in the world. Yes. The bad news is the world is over. This is NPR. Oh, man, end of days. Megan. Community. Correct. Yeah. And note, the NPR host did not get raptured up to heaven. That's right. <laughs> Interesting. It's too to cool. That's right. This Netflix series featured a fictional show called Urban Tales. I have to assume that Piper is much more fortunate than a lot of the women in there with her. What are your visits like? Oh, you know... She catches me up on all the latest prison gossip. <laughs> Megan. Orange is the new black. That is correct, yes. Just a little note, Ira Glass was actually asked to play a fictional version of himself in the episode, and he said no. <laughs> I don't know. Would you play a fictional version of yourself on a thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any job. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Here's a parody of a very familiar public radio show on an FXX sitcom. Okay, our next game is Limerick Lightning Cage Match. I will read a limerick and you will complete it. Jimmy, let's start with you. Megan. You're the worst. That is correct, yeah. Little parody of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Rebecca Bunch dreams a podcast called Mom... Time Daily on this CW musical comedy. Rebecca, you are one of the most incredible moms I have ever seen, even though you don't have any children and you've only been babysitting for less than an hour. How do you do it? First of all, I want to say what an honor it is for you to have me on your podcast. Megan. Crazy ex-girlfriend? Yes! <laughs> Megan, I feel like you might be watching a lot of television. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think you've discovered my secret. <laughs> <laughs> The star of this animated sitcom hosted his own show called Book Talk. This is Peter Griffin, and you're listening to Book Talk on WRNI. Today we'll be discussing Brett Easton Ellis's popular work, Less Than Zero, a tale of privilege, detachment, and youthful alienation. <laughs> Megan. Family Guy? That is correct, yes. That sip at the end is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Really cuts me to the quick. <laughs> it's a kombucha, clearly. <laughs> this is your last clue. One of these actors used to write for NPR. I'm Darren Blum. And I'm Dana Blue. And this is Forgotten America, Rural Footprints. <laughs> Megan. Portlandia? That is correct, yes. And in case you're wondering, it was uh, Kiri Brownstein who wrote a blog for NPR Music. So there you go. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Megan. You won both games, and you're headed to the final round. 
Coming up, we'll talk to our guest, Lena Hall, who won a Tony for Hedwig and the Angry Inch and did a voice in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And then we'll play a game about cryptocurrency, which, as far as I'm concerned, is more absurd than My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Did you know there's a simpler approach to investing driven by TD Ameritrade's advanced technology? With Essential Portfolios, pursuing your financial goals is now automated and easier than ever. Learn more by visiting tdameritrade.com slash askmeanother. Support for this podcast and the following message come from HBO. Lights, camera, assassin. From executive producers Bill Hader and Silicon Valley's Alec Berg, the new HBO comedy Barry centers on a depressed hitman who discovers a new passion for acting. Hader stars as Barry as he struggles to balance his responsibilities with the pursuit of his dreams. Also starring Henry Winkler, Stephen Root, and Sarah Goldberg. New episodes of Barry premiere on HBO Sundays at 10.30 p.m. Sometimes the economy is kind of hard to understand or, you know, not that exciting, but not on Planet Money. You can think of our show as a guide to business and the economy, except it's fun and exciting. Planet Money. Find us wherever you found this podcast. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. It's time to bring out our special guest. She's a Grammy nominee and Tony Award winner for Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Please welcome Lena Hall. Hi, Lena. So welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. Uh, you come from a long line of performers and artists. I do, I do. Seven generations back in the Philippines, my father's great, 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 whatever. Far back, seven generations, um, was like a dancer and yeah. singers. There's uh, one of uh, my like great great aunt was a horror film actress, but she was like the the monsters, you know. Really? Yeah, the opera singer, a magician, a hypnotist, a painter. Is that your grandfather was a magician and hypnotist? Yes, he, he immigrated and to the states. Mm-hmm, yeah. Your parents are dancers. Yes, my father, uh, choreographer. Um, he had his own company, and my mother was his prima ballerina. I know that's. I know yes. very. I, uh, and you were, you were a dancer for very many years. Very many years, starting at the age of zero. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I came out of the womb dancing. My mom, she actually took ballet class and danced until I was born. So uh, she said that usually in the mornings while she was pregnant with me, before class, she would have like hot, spicy chili <laughs> because I was a spicy baby. You were spicy. That's, spicy that's baby, what you yeah. wanted. That's yeah, what you wanted. Exactly. So you have this dance background and, and performance background, but mm-hmm. what drew you to go the musical theater route? Well, my sister, she uh, she was into singing, and she's five years older than me, and I just, I always wanted to be just like my sister. And then my sister joined a, a young people's teen musical theater company in, in San Francisco. They were looking for dancers um, for West Side Story, so I auditioned and uh, was in West Side Story as a shark. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Of course. Because I am Spanish. I'm Spanish Filipino. My, my real name is Selena Consuela Gabriela Cabajal. Which is interesting and very beautiful. Banya, yeah. But you changed it. I changed it, yes. I found out that Carvajal is a stage name that seven generations back was taken. And I always forget, I think Garcia is our real last name. And so I thought, well, if he Mm. changed his name and it was a stage name, my ancestors would totally understand. So I changed my name and shortened it so that it looked good on a marquee. Lena Hall. Balanced. I don't know. It's just balanced, symmetrical. It sounds cool. It does sound cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well done. And, yeah, well, Lena is a nickname and Hall is whatever. <laughs> Hall is whatever. <laughs> deep connection. A deep yes, connection. deep connection to that. Yes. Now, in 2014, you win a Tony for your role as Yitzhak in my favorite Broadway show, yes. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So, Yay! your audition has been called the epic audition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why was it an epic? Neil Patrick Harris said it was the greatest audition ever. Really? Yeah. I really wanted the job. And I saw it um, when I was 19, when I was off Broadway at Jane Street. Mm. I was doing Cats. It changed me. It really affected me. And I listened to the cast recording nonstop. And so when I heard it was coming to Broadway, I was like, I have to be seen for this. And I, and I was like, all right, well, it's a dude. It's not a drag king. It's like a, a dude. And he's, he's like a sound engineer on stage, right. right? I was like, so how can I kind of purvey that in my like first audition, which is you just go in and sing a song, right? So I went in full, full drag. And I walked in the room, and there was John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask, and I nearly had a heart attack and died. And then afterwards, they came up to me, and, and John was like, okay, so we're going to call you back. And I was like, whew, great. And they're like, but this time, we want you to never break character when you're in the room the whole time. I was like, okay. They're like, we're going to ask you questions, and we want you to answer as Yitzhak. I was like, okay. And I had decided that I would write a two-and-a-half-minute monologue <laughs> about my backstory being from a communist farming community in um, Croatia that farmed the hair from the yak for the wigs for the cats on Broadway. <laughs> Every, all comes back to cats. Right? Yeah, you bring it all together. Yeah, you write what you know, right? And this is and your audition? This is my Just, audition. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's a whole monologue. This is insane, and, hilarious. Yeah, and, and I was like, my biggest thing for that whole audition was if I have to be in this room with these people and answering questions, why am I there in the first place? I can't be me auditioning for Yitzhak to be in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That doesn't make any sense. So Kickstarter was like a big deal. And so I was like, I'm in that room to do a Kickstarter campaign to get them to give me money to bring rent back to Broadway. And so after I was done with my two and a half minute monologue, which was much longer than that, by the way, um, I took a computer out of my bag and I opened it up and I stood right in front of them and I pressed play and it was a two and a half minute Kickstarter campaign video that I, that I filmed on the streets of Manhattan in character so the whole time, there's not a sound from anyone watching. And I was like, oh my God, I'm bombing. And the only time that anyone laughed, it was John Cameron Mitchell. He laughed once during the video. And it was like a, ah! like, that's how he laughed. Yeah. And um, so they filmed the whole thing f- for Neil to watch. And then when Neil got the tape, he was like, that's the greatest audition <laughs> yeah. I have ever seen. And I, I obviously got the job. I mean, if you didn't get the audition, you would petition. I think they were also worried. 
And so Yitzhak is, of course, the love interest of Hedwig. Yeah. So, but in addition to playing Yitzhak, you are one of the few women who also played Hedwig. Yeah, yeah. So what was your take on the role of Hedwig? Well, what's interesting is that because I sat and watched every single performance, I got four different takes on the show. So I got Neil's take, I got Michael C. Hall's take, I got Andrew Reynolds' take, and I got John Cameron Mitchell's take. And everyone did something different. Everyone like had certain moments in the show or certain words or lines that would come out in a different way and mean something totally different. And so I was like sitting there and I had basically a whole thesis going on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I got to study the show in like such an intense way and and know it backwards and forwards because each person brought something different out that I had understand. Yeah. And so when it came to me doing Hedwig, it was already in my mind. It took me a week to learn the show and like their their little things were like would come in. So I was basically like the t- sum total of the four Hedwigs that I had been with. Yeah. You were like the historian yes. of the <laughs> entire show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And no one's ever played both roles. So Right. It's pretty cool, actually. And it made Yitzhak much more complex because now I saw both sides of the story and both arguments almost. Yeah. It was awesome. One of the things that we found interesting was, of course, that you also voiced a My Little Pony character. Yes. Uh, I take it you're a fan since you ended your Tony Awards speech with Friendship is Magic. (laughs) I was really obsessed with it while I was doing all the interviews for the month of the Tony Awards because the season finale had aired inside of that window. Right. You know, and I was like super into that. I was like, oh my God, it was like rainbow explosions everywhere. It's like amazing. It's like my life. You know, that's how I was feeling at the moment. And I wanted to do a shout out to MLP, My Little Pony, but I didn't, um, (laughs) but like my publicist at the time was just like, no, people are going to think you're crazy. I'm like, but, 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 but it's important, you know? Yeah. So I figured out, oh, I'll do it in like the sneakiest way possible. I'll just quote the show. No one will know except for bronies, That's right? right? Who are the older male fans of the shows. And then the Pegasisters, which I am clearly, <laughs> and um, an older woman who is a fan of the show. They'll know. They'll get it, right? And so I did. I said, very end of my speech, I said, friendship is magic. And Hasbro found out. So Hasbro, they like reached out. I got a giant box of toys of MLP stuff. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) like this is awesome. But why didn't I also say, you know, Jaguar, your best car ever. You know, like, ah, I love Tiffany's diamonds. (laughs) Um, So, and they sent me like tons of stuff and they were like, look, we were really moved by this. Um, we're thinking of writing you a show. I was like, writing me a show? Like, yeah, your own character. Then you'd have your own storyline and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And then they wrote me a show and it's the most beautiful. I couldn't have asked for a better character. I couldn't have asked for better songs. I couldn't have asked for a better storyline. I mean, I really lucked out and I loved every minute of it. It's fun. Yeah. All right, Lena, are you ready to play and ask me another challenge? No. Yes, Yes, you are. Fantastic. Uh, Lena Hall, everybody. I'm going (laughs) to welcome back Art Chung. So, Lena, you're releasing this series of tribute albums of some of your favorite artists called Obsessed. We've created a game for you called Covered Covers. We're going to play a cover version of a song. <laughs> you just have to tell us the name of the song or original artist. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you do well enough, Ken Welty from Des Moines, Iowa will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. <gasps> I know. And I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> you'll be great. If you need a hint, our puzzle guru, Art Chung, is standing by. All right. First up, a steel drum cover by the University of Arizona School of Music. That's Salisbury Hill. Peter Gabriel, Salisbury Hill. Yeah, that's right, Peter Gabriel. I was nervous. Salisbury Hill. That was cute. I know, it's cute. Peter Gabriel wanted more steel drums, so we... He did? No, no, oh. but you can imagine. Here's a chiptune cover by Professor Shy Guy and Amanda Laprie. This is Tori Amos. Yeah. Is that a cornflake girl? Exactly, yeah. Oh, thanks. You kind of knew that after like the first sound. Well, it reminds me so much of high school. I know, right? Yeah. All right, this is your last clue. This is Jorge Rico on panpipes. <laughs> yes, yes. Time on my head. Will the time spent with you? That's Elton John singing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that Elton, is John. Elton John sung, singing. I guess why they. That's, that's why, why they, they call. I guess it the, that's why they call it the blues. I guess that's why that's they call it the blues. That's why they call it the blues. And that's why people love Zamfir. That's yeah. Uh, I think this worked out pretty well. Puzzle for Archung. <laughs> how did Lena do? You did great. Congratulations, Lena. You and listener Ken Welty have both won. Ask me another Rubik's cube. Yeah. Lena is releasing a new cover EP every month in 2018 under her Obsessed series. And we'll be performing Obsessed Elton John April 2nd at Pianos in New York City. Give it up for Lena Hall. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about cryptocurrencies. If you've gone on a date with a 30-something-year-old man, you've heard about his cryptocurrency portfolio. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Gail Gallick on buzzer number one. You're a 10th grade chemistry teacher. Welcome. Thank you. So, Gail, as a 10th grade chemistry teacher, what do you hope a 10th grader takes away from your chemistry class? Oh, goodness. Uh, I hope that they enjoy science. Yeah, I hated chemistry when I was in high school, and uh, I just really want them to enjoy it so that they can understand what's going on around outside them. Okay, so what's one thing you do to add a little extra spark of enjoyment? I make them uh, jump around in the classroom and acting like solids, liquids, and gases. Really? Yeah. How do they act like a gas? You just run around and bump into things. It's really (laughs) great, except there's glassware in the chemistry room, so we have to be really careful. Okay, but that's nice. You get them up and let them be physical, and they work out their silliness. Absolutely. Very good. Your opponent is Britter Gunderson on buzzer number two. You evaluate grants at a foundation for autism research. Welcome. Happy to be here. Britter, you love to travel, but you prioritize your travel based on climate change. That's right. Yeah, okay, great. So... Uh, I feel like that's fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, so where, where are places that you, you were going to places that soon might be different in the future? Right. Okay. So, 
so mostly coral reefs and glaciers. Yeah, coral reefs. So it reefs. is fun. It involves snorkeling and hiking on glaciers. Okay, so where's the last destination that you... Uh... Uh, so last year, we actually did both of those things. We went to Palau and did a bunch of snorkeling, and we went to Iceland and saw some glaciers. Nice. So at what point in your list does America hit? So I've been to 47 of the 50 states, and no offense to the last three, but I'm, like, not really dying to go there. So. <laughs> I don't even think you have to mention them. Everyone has their own mental picture of there what those go. three are to there them. There you go. Remember Galen Britter, the first of you who wins two of our games will go on to our final round. Let's go to your first game. You'll play This, That, or The Other called Tales from the Cryptocurrencies. We'll give you the name of something. You tell us which of three categories it belongs to. Jonathan Colton, what are our categories? Today's categories are cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin, electronic music DJs, as found in DJ Magazine's Top 100 list, and published board games. Here we go. Gail. Ethereum, cryptocurrency, DJ, or board game? I'm going to say DJ. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Britter, can you steal? Cryptocurrency? It is a cryptocurrency. It is pretty much the one that makes you feel most like you are buying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Disappearing. Yeah, Ethereum. (laughs) Britter, Mysterium. DJ? No, I'm sorry. It is not a DJ. Gail, can you guess? Is it a board game? It is. It is a board game. (laughs) Gail, Electronium. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's right. It's a British cryptocurrency designed to handle mobile transactions and in-game purchases. Interesting. Electronium, I think, would be a little on the nose for an EDM DJ. Yeah, <laughs> right. Where'd you come up with your name, Electronium? <laughs> Britter, Cardano. Board game? No, I'm sorry, it is not a board game. Gail, do you know? Is it a DJ? Uh, no, it is neither, <laughs> neither board game nor DJ. It is a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Gail, Nervo. Is it a board game? <laughs> the most high edge. Uh, Anxiety-ridden board game. No, I'm sorry. It is not Britter. Can you steal Nervo? DJ? DJ, yeah. Actually, it's a pair of twins from Australia. They are thought to be the highest paid female DJ act in the world. They're paid in Bitcoin, however. (laughs) Britter, Zendo. Board game? Yes, it is a board game. You said that with some degree of confidence. I feel like I've heard of that game. I feel like you've heard of it. Never played it, but... But you will now. These are your last clues. Gail, Dogecoin. Is it a cryptocurrency? (laughs) It does have coin in the... Yeah, you nailed it. Cryptocurrency there. It's in the word. Britter, cat dealers. (laughs) Board game? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I love that idea. Everyone gets nine cats. (laughs) Seems like it should be a board game. It is not a board game. Gail, can you guess? A DJ? It is a DJ. That's right. <laughs> it, is a, it is a Brazilian DJ duo, and they are named that because they have nine cats. Oh, gosh. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Gail. You're one step closer to our final round. 
If you carry a 12-sided die in your pocket, prefer really nice headphones, and believe money is a social construct anyway, you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we have a music parody game celebrating accomplished women in the world. And you know what they say, behind every great woman is nobody. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Starbucks. For the past 43 years, Starbucks has served their bold signature espresso. But for the first time ever, they're introducing a second espresso, Starbucks Blonde Espresso. It's smooth and subtly sweet, so whatever your drink is, from a flat white to an iced Americano, try it with Starbucks Blonde Espresso. And as always, you can order ahead on your Starbucks app. When C.C. Wong met his mom's new tenant, he never suspected he'd end up getting replaced as a son, or that his replacement might have sinister motives. This week, Invisibilia looks at the things we don't say to our loved ones and the misunderstandings it can lead to. Listen on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Gail and Britter. Soon they'll play a game about famous women who didn't have to deal with a spouse holding them back. Let's check in with our contestants. Gail, what's your least favorite thing about a wedding? The ceremony. Let's just get right to the party. Yeah. Forget it. I do, I do. Let's go. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Britter, what's your least favorite thing about a wedding? The chicken dance. <laughs> we we told our DJ at our wedding like no songs that have preformed associated dances allowed. No songs where finally everyone can dance. Is that what you're saying, Britter? <laughs> no songs where everybody has to conform to a specific yeah, dance. Yeah, that's that right. To do. How do you feel about uh, what are the what are the other ones? There's the Macarena. Yeah, that's Macarena. A, that's a great dance. Everybody loves that dance. <laughs> I went to like. 15 bar and bat mitzvahs when the Macarena first came out. Like, uh-huh. I, if I never hear that song again, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> yep, yep. What's the other one? Electric Slide? Yeah, how about that? Nope. Nope, okay. Uh, the Twist? The Twist was the exception. The Twist is okay. Wait, wow. Really? You found something yeah. for The Twist? It's classic. Your next game is a music parody called Happily Alone. Gail, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Britter, you need to win this, or you'll have to get married. <laughs> We rewrote the TLC song No Scrubs to be about famous women who were never married. So ring in to tell me who I'm singing about. You ready? Yes. A shrub is a plant, looks like a bush. And Bush was the POTUS I worked for. I was a secretary of state. But now he's painting cats. Britter. Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice, you got it. No, I don't want religious visions, no I don't want the siege of Orleans, and no I just as soon skip that sainthood, no Please don't burn me at the stake <laughs> Too soon <laughs> Britter Joan of Arc Joan of Arc is correct Oh, I get it <laughs> If you're wearing scrubs, if you are a nurse, you owe a lot to me. Pinning ceremony day and a pledge you say, oath named after me. Nursing oath. 
named after this person. She's a famous nurse. It's <laughs> a good hint. Oh, Gail. Florence Nightingale? Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, I don't want no husband, no. The monarchy is mine alone, and no. We don't want no Queen Mary, no. We'd rather have a Protestant throne. Gritter. Queen, Queen Elizabeth? That's correct. Queen Elizabeth I. Uh, okay, here we go. If you publish under a pen name, oh yes, girl, I'm talking to you. And if Alice Bell was your pen name, oh yes, girl, I'm talking to you. The sisters three are literary, but I wrote Wuthering Heights. Gail. Charlotte Bronte. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Britter, do you know the answer? One of the other Brontes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be more specific? Uh, Elizabeth Bronte. I don't even know their first name. Very close. No, it was Emily, Emily. Bronte. Darn. <laughs> yeah. Single clap. Emily's like, uh. Single clap in the audience for Emily Bronte. All right, this is your last clue. We don't got no nuns as selflessly kind and charitable like me. Guess you got canonized, won a Nobel Prize. That's right, suckers, it's me. Gail. Mother Teresa? Yes, Mother Teresa. People don't know it, but Mother Teresa is super braggy about it. <laughs> Technically married to Jesus. Yeah, that's a good point. Puzzle Guru Chung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Britter, you won that game. You each won a game, so it's time for a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. The protagonist of Dr. Seuss's Green Eggs and Ham refuses to eat green eggs and ham here, there, or anywhere. What are the 11 other situations in which the protagonist <laughs> refuses to eat green eggs and ham? Britter. In a box. In a box is correct. Gail? In a can? No, I'm sorry, that is not. It's <laughs> good though. The other answers were in a house, with a mouse, uh, with a fox, in a car, in a tree, in the dark, on a train, in the rain, with a goat, and in a boat. Dang. Gail, we're sorry to see you go. Britter, congratulations, you're headed to the final round. While Megan and Britter get ready for our final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is called Largest and in Chargest. Puzzigur Archung, please explain how this works. Ophira, I'm going to tell you and Jonathan about two Guinness World Records, each the largest recorded specimen of its kind. Your job is to guess which of the two is bigger, because not every large is the same. <laughs> Think about it. Not every large is the same. It's yeah, very that's right. deep. It's very deep. Yeah. All right, here's, here's your first one. Which is bigger? The world's largest disco ball or the world's largest inflatable beach ball? Ophira. Oh, both you're... so fun. <laughs> both so fun. They both sound super Wouldn't you fun. be happy if you were at a party that had both of those things? And yeah, there was only two people invited <laughs> to the party? As long as the room was big enough. <laughs> the room has to be. Okay, the largest disco ball. You know, I'm going to say the largest inflatable beach ball is bigger because the largest disco ball has to hang from the ceiling. That's a big problem. That's, it's going to be heavy. The ceilings are going to fall. Beach ball, man, that can be massive. Jonathan? Uh, 
I feel like you're probably right. I mean, let's face it. An inflatable thing that's kind of round is like a hot air balloon. That's already pretty big. <laughs> sure. I could see making a beach ball that big. To make a... Uh, mirrored. A mirrored <laughs> disco, disco ball, ball that big, you would yeah. need a lot of mirrors. What a huge pain in the neck it would be to Who make Who would want to do that? Nobody wants to do that. No. Even, yeah, I'm going to agree with Afira on this one. It's the beach ball. All right, the answer is beach ball. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. The beach ball was 65 feet, 6 inches tall, or diameter, and was part of a promotional stunt for the 2017 movie Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. the only thing they could think of. I could just imagine that pitch thing. <laughs> All right, what do people love about Baywatch? Uh, I don't know how to say this, so I'll say beach balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your next question. Which is longer, the world's longest bicycle or the world's longest motorcycle? Jonathan, you're first. Well, again, I feel like Bicycle is going to be easier and safer because you're not going to go if you have a you have a motorcycle yeah that's a hundred feet long yeah and it's got a motor on it if you're going to be going fast you're going to get in a very bad accident <laughs> how does that even work I don't even know how so, many wheels do, what would you have to have yeah I don't know does it still count if it's just two I suppose you just have a long you have a long string of wheels you could do it or like a tractor wheel yeah like a tread <laughs> a tread just a, tread. a giant yes, tread thank you. I don't think it would count then. Oh, okay. It wouldn't really be a motorcycle. No. Okay, case. got it. I'm going to say bicycle because I feel like it's easier to make a bigger bicycle. I am with you, but just for fun, I'm yeah. going to say here's the one thing that might make it a motorcycle. Bicycle enthusiasts are going to be like, we don't need a bigger bicycle. Who cares about a big bicycle? You know what's the great thing about bicycles? Just me and my bicycle. But motorcycle enthusiasts will be like, you know what's cool? A big motorcycle. <laughs> what's the biggest motorcycle we can make? Yeah, let's put money into that. Do you know what's the great thing? <laughs> I use it. Do you know what's the great thing about bicycles? Just me and my bicycle. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest thing. You sound just like a bicycle rider when you say that. So, if you're, you said motorcycle. Yep. I'm sorry, the answer is bicycle. Yeah. The world's longest bicycle is 135 feet 11 inches. Too long. Too long. Here's your next question Which has a larger diameter, the world's largest drum or the world's largest whoopee cushion? Ophira. I feel like we're back to the disco ball and the beach ball once again. Yeah. The, it's you wouldn't think that theory would be so applicable across so many. I know. So Clearly, it's a metaphor for life. Um, yeah, it's going to be the whoopee cushion because, uh, well, actually, maybe the device inside the whoopee cushion to make the whoopee sound. What is that? Is that some sort of... Whoopee cushion is just an inflatable just a thing, thing, right? You know, you play pranks. <laughs> yeah, I love um, pranks. Because the drum has to be a skin, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's like, I mean, that means you're sewing together lots of animal hides? I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm going to say a whoopee cushion, just a bunch of plastic. All right, Jonathan. Thank you for making it interesting last time. <laughs> but I don't want to make it interesting. I'm going to go with what I think is the answer, sure. which is to agree with the fear and say it's, it's the whoopee cushion. Wow. You guys have really found the Occam's razor of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of uh, Guinness Book of World Records. The answer is whoopee cushion. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep, yep. The world's largest whoopee cushion is 25 feet in diameter, uh, and it took, quote, many students from the community to collaboratively deflate it. (laughs) I like that. The community. All right. Which is longer, the world's longest seesaw or the world's largest road sign? When are you going to need a super long road sign? Well, (laughs) I feel like some of these things, these are not all things that just exist. Sometimes people just make it so that they can get into the Guinness Book of World Records. What? 
I'm, t- I'm, sa- <laughs> I'm saying. It's not you. Na- you don't actually need to have it in the world in, in order to, okay. to All make right. it. Sure. I'm just trying to think of how terrifying it would be to be on a very long seesaw. And you're at the top, and then that person gets up and goes to have lunch? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I used to love the seesaw because it's thrilling because you're about to die. All the time. On it, we used to, like, really fling ourselves up and down so that you could get air with your butt on yeah, the top. Yeah, sure. Or walk it. Did you ever walk on top of it? Oh, my God. It's so dangerous. That's why they don't have them in playgrounds anymore, because they're way too dangerous. And if you made one that was, like, 100 feet long, you'd be... I can't do the math, but you'd be very high in the air. Still, <laughs> it's a very tempting idea. And a road sign, I kind of agree with you. Who cares Who about a cares? road sign? Yeah. I'm going to go with Seesaw on this one. All right, Ophira. Although, I can't figure out if you have a super, super, super long Seesaw, like where you're going to put the, uh, I mean... The, fulcrum? The fulcrum, thank you. To, uh, at some point, it's going to be just like, blang, 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 like it's not going to work <laughs> at the end because they're going to be... You don't too, have a lot uh, of play, you're saying. That's right. You, can't, well, yeah, you won't be point. able to Seesaw. It will just snap. Unless the fulcrum is very tall. Unless the fulcrum is made of a road sign. (laughs) I'm going to say seesaw. You both say seesaw. The correct answer is seesaw. Yeah. The world's largest seesaw is 79 feet, 2 inches long. In its up position, the seesaw is 11 feet and 7 inches tall. Oh, kids, don't ride it. Don't ride it. It's too dangerous. All right, here we go. This is your last question. Ophira, which is longest? The world's largest sock? Or the world's biggest pair of jeans? <laughs> longest? Yeah, the length, the longest dimension. I'll just say this. Isn't it more satisfying just to think about the world's largest sock? Like, largest jeans, you're like, all right, but like, just a massive sock. Just one. You just pull, the one? Just the one. The other one gets lost. I don't even know where <laughs> you just, it goes. You're pulling it out of a dryer for like 10 hours, right. just trying to find the end of it. I had two of these when I applied to get the record, and <laughs> yeah, now I only have one. That's I right. Where is it? Yeah, I'm going to say sock. You're going to say sock. Jonathan? I'm going to say jeans to make it interesting. Well, look at you. That's it? Making it interesting. Not, not that interesting, I suppose. <laughs> you made it fascinating. I made it really interesting. Let's see what happens. The real answer is jeans. Yay! You made it right. I made it really interesting. (laughs) The world's biggest pair of jeans is 164 feet, 4 inches long. The sock was only 32 feet long. (laughs) And the jeans weigh one ton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, that's the end of the game, and the winner this time is Jonathan. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Megan Ballback, a high school art teacher who comforts her students that say, I can't draw, by telling them, that's okay, this is ceramics. (laughs) And Britter Gunderson, who doesn't like the chicken dance because she hates conformity. (laughs) Puzzleger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. Megan and Britter, your final round is called Quebec, Uniform, India, Zulu. Because in this game, every answer is one of the words in the NATO phonetic alphabet, which, as you know, are those words you use to clarify what letters you're saying when you're spelling your name on the phone to a customer service agent, like Q as in Quebec. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Lena Hall. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Britter is going first. Here we go. Britter, the Plaza and the Savoy are two famous examples of this type of business. Hotel. Correct. Megan, thousands of men grow patchy facial hair during the no-shave movement in this month. November. That is correct. Britter, 
the titular Shakespearean character who was born into the House of Montague? Romeo. That is right. Megan, Atlanta's airport is the busiest in the world, in large part because this major airline is headquartered there. Um, I am going to say United. No, I'm sorry. We're looking for Delta. Britter, Meryl Streep has been nominated more than 20 times for this prestigious acting award. Oscar. That is correct. Megan, this city was founded by explorer Francisco Pizarro and is the current capital of Peru. Uh, Three seconds. <laughs> Sorry, we were looking for Lima, Peru. Mm. Britter, it's Amazon's brand of smart speaker, not the word that triggers those speakers. Echo. Echo is correct. Megan, this form of electromagnetic radiation is used in medical tests and airport security. X-ray. That is correct. We're at the halfway point. Britter is in the lead, four to two. Britter, a ballroom dance style from Argentina, often accompanied by a guitar. Tango. Correct. Megan, a ballroom dance style that resembles a faster waltz, popular in the 1930s. Foxtrot. That's right. Britter, the TV network that gave us The Real Housewives and Top Chef. Bravo. That's right. Here's the situation. Britter's in the lead, six to three. Megan, if you get this question wrong, Britter wins the game. Winning one of the biggest titles in this sport will earn you a bright green jacket. Uh, golf. That is correct. Britter, if you get this right, you win. In Mary Shelley's novel, it's the first name of Dr. Frankenstein. Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of the letters. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer was Victor. Megan, again, if you miss this, Britter wins. 2017 Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year Aaron Judge is one of these. Shortstop? No, I'm sorry. The answer we're looking for is Yankee. Congratulations, Britter. Oh. You won the game. Nice work, Megan. Such a pleasure having you. Well done. Congratulations, Britter. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. My name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Valjolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Ashlyn Hatch, Madeline Kaplan, and Carol Lee. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Herkin. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Denny Shin, Romel Wood, and our intern, Camilla Franklin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. This week, we have to say goodbye to our producer, Julia Melfi. I'm Jail Fuel. Julia did it all from casting contestants to writing games to editing interviews. She is a total delight to work with. We love her and are going to miss her and wish her nothing but all the best. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Thanks. 
Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Mojan Marno from the series The Blacklist talks about her role as a shadowy FBI operative. I think it's always interesting when you get to play a lot of different shades of a person. So we've seen her for many seasons be very tough and very hard to read. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.